But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special episode of the 9x9. My name is Everett DeLorme, joined as always by Mr. Rob St. Clair from Chicago. And it is Tuesday, but not just any Tuesdays, guys. We are almost, almost there to the 2022 Men's FIVB World Championships. So this is your 2022 FIVB Men's World Championships preview show on the 9x9. It's going to be awesome. We've got some special guests to come to chat uh, about it. Uh, but first and foremost, Rob, how are you doing? Looking spiffy, wearing the USA jersey. You got your glasses on. You ready to go? Dude, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I've been so excited about this tournament. Uh, we hammered VNL coverage really, really hard. We were there. It was awesome. The storylines, though, from that tournament mean nothing in comparison to this tournament. So I'm so excited for this. Uh, we're only a couple days away from the World Championship. Let's get into it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's good. It's going to be a banger. Uh, we've been waiting for this one for a while now. As you guys all know, the original host was supposed to be Russia. It has now been switched to Poland and Slovenia. And that's come with a bit of a, a tournament format change. So, Rob, how about you You walk us through this, this tournament format here? Yes, I will. So this that you see on your screen now is straight from the FIVB's website. So if it's too small on the screen, you can go look at uh, Volleyball World's website for this tournament about the restructuring of men's world champs. Because as Everett said, I mean, we, we covered it when it happened, uh, when this, the war in Ukraine started, when Russia invaded Ukraine. Pretty quickly, Russia was Russia's team was removed from all international competitions, and Russia was supposed to be the host of this world championship. That got taken away from them almost immediately. So the FIVB and volleyball world had to reorganize a little bit, and they found two new hosts in Poland and Slovenia. And so... Uh, the tournament has been reformatted a little bit. So this will be, this will be different from world championships past and thank different. God. Thank God. And different from the women's <laughs> world championship later this year. So that's going to be interesting that like this tournament and the women's tournament in about a month are going to be different formats, but here's the deal. There's six pools of four. So pool play is very simple. It's six pools of four. Two of the pools are in Poland. Uh, the other four are in Slovenia. Uh, they play straight round-robin pools. So every team will play every other team in the pool, three matches each uh, across six days total of pool play. So like a, a pool will play every other day, and then some of the other pools will play the days in between. Uh, that's from August 26th, which is this Friday, through August 31st. Uh, after that, the top two teams from each pool will make it out. So that's 12 teams. 12, the 12 teams that finish first and second place in each of the pools will make it out to the elimination round, the round of 16. No, none of this second round pools business like we used to have. We'll talk about the women's in about a month, but like that tournament has this weird thing where there's like a second round of pools where all the points carry over from the first round. No, none of that. None of that for the men's. It's just straight up simple pool play. Top two from every pool make it out. That's 12 teams plus four more teams and that that will just take the six teams that finished third place in their pool and you'll take the top four of those six in like the normal fivb tie-breaking way so wins loss points set ratio all that 
And that is how uh, the 16-team field will be set for the direct elimination phase, as you see there on the graphics. So after that, uh, there's two travel days. But then on September 3rd, we hit it with just a straight-up single elimination bracket. Just 16 teams win and advance, lose and go home. That simple. No, it's as easy for a fan to follow as it could possibly be. Uh, I'm, I think it's going to be electric, and some of these first-round matchups are going to be insane because the seeding of those first-round matchups in the round of 16 is interesting. Uh, if Poland or Slovenia, the two hosts, if they make it out of pools, they get the one and two seeds automatically. But crazy. past that, which is crazy. So huge advantage if, if Slovenia goes, like I don't know, one and two and barely makes it out of pools, they can still get the two seed overall. So we'll definitely follow along with that. But past that, from 3 through 16, it's just a straight-up seeding in terms of the 16 teams that made it out, they will just be ranked in the, in the normal order of FIVB rankings, and that'll be the seeds. Then you play 1 versus 16, 2 versus 15, 3 versus 14, etc. in a very normal bracket way. From there on, we just play. We play three, straight through a, black, a bracket. Sorry, we've got four days of the round of 16 from September 3rd through 6th. Then immediately uh, two days of the quarterfinals of the round of eight, September 7th and 8th. Then one travel day, followed by the semifinals and the medal matches. So the semifinals, the final four teams, September 10th in Katowice, Poland. And then the medal matches, uh, the, the losers of the semis play for bronze. The winners of the semis play for gold on Sunday, September 11th. So that's it. That's the tournament. It's really, really simple. Just pool play. Four, uh, six pools of four straight up 16 team single elimination bracket after that couldn't be easier pack that all into two weeks and that's your world championship for 2022 honestly i'm so happy about this format i'm so happy we're going to a format that everyone knows everyone everyone loves everyone can digest you know i remember last time in 2018 you had meaningless matches really really deep in the tournament where you had one team that was already qualified and in, in, in yada yada it was it was just garbage. I love the fact that, that we're going to this format. Nice single elimination, nice and clean. This is the way it should be. Totally agree. And I, I do think that it will create better, more fun matches earlier. And like you said, it'll take away some of the meaningless matches in that stupid second round of pools that we were kind of annoyed by in 2018. So we'll see after men's world champs in this format, women's world champs at the old format, if uh, the FIVB prefers one or the other. And I certainly hope it's this one. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, this is going to be a long term, and not as long as it should be, but we are going to be uh, there with you every step of the way. So we are going to be, obviously, this is our preview show. We're hitting you with this one, and we're going to be doing five, or including this one, at least six shows throughout the entirety of seven. the World Championship. Seven Sorry. shows. Seven, seven crazy. shows here, right. It, it is crazy. So we've got this one to, to kick kick it off. In the middle of the pool play on a Sunday, August 28th, we're going to have uh, another show. Next up, at the end of pool play on Wednesday, August 31st, we're going to be coming live to you again to wrap up pool play, get you ready for the quarterfinals. Once we kick off the quarterfinals, then we start running. Sunday, September 4th, coming live to you in the middle of the round of 16. To wrap up the round 16, we're coming live Tuesday, September 6th. It's going to be normal 9 by 9 time, 7.30 uh, Eastern time. Nice and easy. Uh, and then as we get going into the quarterfinals, quarterfinals, we're going to be coming to you just two days later on this Thursday, September 8th. That's going to wrap up the quarterfinals, get you ready for the semis. And, of course, we're going to get you all wrapped up after the finals, after the medal matches, 
on Sunday, September 11th. But that's not all, because if you, of course, you got to sign on to the Discord. The Discord is going to be popping off every single day. You know that, like, like Rob, we've got 700 plus people from literally around the world who love volleyball in this Discord. So it doesn't matter where you're from. Make sure you join the Discord. Make sure you follow Volleyball Source on Instagram. Make sure you follow Rob St. Clair uh, on Instagram. Make sure you follow us on TikTok as well. And of course, make sure to check out all of the content on volleyballsource.ca as well. So bar none, Volleyball Source right here is going to be your one-stop shop for everything you need to know about the World Championships here in 2022. Yeah, we've been waiting for Volleyball World itself, like the entity that runs the media for the tournament, to have a schedule like this. And they're not, but we are. So this right here on Volleyball Source is the place to follow along with the tournament. Uh, And I, I can't agree enough about the Discord. The Volleyball Source Discord will be... Uh, he, about 750 members now. I want it to be a thousand by the end of World Championships. I, I think that, I think that's e- attainable. Think, yeah, for for sure. I think that's a that's an easy easy take for uh, for uh, uh, the end of World Champs. Seriously, best best place on the best internet community of volleyball fans in the world. It's not even close. So join there. Uh, links in the description. Everett, is it time? Is it time to jump into the pool? Start breaking this thing down. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it is, and we're going to start right at the top, right off at pool number A. And Rob, let's let, let's get you kick, kicking us off here with pool A. So this pool is really, really interesting, and we got to assess the fact that the number one seed overall in the whole tournament is the last team that got their way in, and that's the Ukraine. So Ukraine is ranked 23rd in the world right now. You might be wondering why on earth are they the number one seed overall in the tournament? And this goes back to when Russia who was previously supposed to be hosting this tournament when they invaded none other than Ukraine, uh, started a war that everybody, uh, for good reason, kind of banned them from international sporting competitions. So the, the tournament was taken out of Russia's borders, but also Russia's team was taken out of the field of the tournament. And when that happened, the, the pools were already drawn by lots. So Volleyball World had already made a, a big occasion out of drawing the lots for who, who is going to get placed in which pools. So instead of redrawing all the lots, they removed Russia, very simply, who was the host. So they were the number one seed overall in the tournament. And they just replaced them with the next highest ranked team in the world rankings who weren't already in the field, which ironically enough happens to be Ukraine. So Ukraine gets in straight up for Russia's spot And that creates, based on average world ranking, by far the weakest pool in this tournament. 18.75 average world ranking of these four teams. You've got Ukraine, Serbia, ranked number 11, Tunisia, ranked number 16, and Puerto Rico, ranked number 25. So this is a very weird pool because of that late replacement of teams. And it's created a kind of a wide open situation for a team of Serbia's caliber, who's the clear favorite to not only win this pool, but to do so and get a really, really good seed. Yeah, this, this one, honestly, I think it's going to be a lot of fun because all of these teams are a little bit wonky. Obviously, Serbia is the favorite, the, the favorite here. You, you, you have to think that one. But I think I think Ukraine is going to be a lot of fun. Tunisia it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting and i got to see puerto rico at the pan am cup a couple of weeks ago and that's going to be a, fi- a fiery team Kristen lawrence is is going to definitely make a name for himself and uh, i think he's either going to crash or burn in this tournament it's going to it's going to be really fun to watch that team i think 
Yeah, and Ukraine, like Ukraine's a good team. They're not just like a sympathy invite to this. They they're absolutely have upset potential. Uh, if you watch European club volleyball, you definitely know about Ole Plotnitsky. He's their best player by far. Uh, the lefty on the left side has been playing for Perugia for years. Uh, he's one of the best servers on the planet. Um, but then some guys you might not know. Uh, Dmitro Vietsky will be their starting opposite. He's really legitimately good. Uh, was one of the best opposites at European Championships last year. And then they've got a guy named Semenyuk, who's not to be confused with Camille Semenyuk of Poland, but Yuri Semenyuk is one of the middle blockers. So there's some, some like high level European experience on this Ukrainian team. Uh, but I what still a, don't. What about think... Yuri Glider? What's, what's, what's he up no, to? Yuri, no Yuri Glider. He's either injured or has kind of retired from the national team level. So you won't see him. Uh, he plays middle for Yashevsky in Poland. So he's a big name that you won't see for the Ukrainian national team. At least this tournament, maybe not ever. I think he might kind of be past that phase in his career. Yeah, fair enough. Now, how, what are we looking at for t- Tunisia? What's the status of Bentara so far for this tournament? Yeah, so the only thing, like you all might have seen Tunisia play in the Olympics last year. Uh, they were the African representative in Tokyo. They went over and didn't make it out of pools. Uh, they did take Argentina to five, weirdly enough. But the only player on Tunisia that mattered was Wasim Bentara, uh, who plays who played opposite for him. Crazy dynamic, like legitimately has potential to be a world-class opposite. And he plays club in Poland. And uh, according to his Instagram, as of a week ago, he was already back in Poland training for like the Plus Liga preseason. And there were rumors swirling around that he might be trying to renationalize. So I, he was on the preliminary roster for Tunisia for this tournament. They haven't named their 14 man roster yet, but I don't expect to see him on there. If, if he was with his Polish club team a week ago, like a week and a half before world championships, I don't think you're going to see him. And that really drops Tunisia way down below world ranking 16. It's crazy, crazy that they're ranked that high. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 it's it's going to be interesting as as well. But I mean, they do get the benefit of being one of the few good African nations, and they're constantly constantly getting those points. Rob, what about Serbia though in this pool? Obviously, they're the highest ranked team in this pool now that Russia's Russia's no longer around. You and I both picked them as an outside threat to finish in the top four for this tournament on last week's show. What can you say about Serbia's ter- uh, roster coming into this tournament? So we know the Serbian 14-man roster. And while we're talking about rosters, it's worth noting that on the website right now, like on the FIVB tournament website, you've got uh, the rosters for each team that are 20, 22, 25 players long. Those are not the final rosters. Those teams will have to trim their rosters to 14 guys. And every team will, will suit up exactly 14 players for the entirety of World Championships. So some of those teams have named those 14 already. Some have not. We expect them to all come out officially the next couple of days. Serbia is one of the teams that has. And compared to their VNL roster, they bring back two really, really huge, important pieces, both outside hitters. That's Juros Kovacevic and Marko Ivovic. So that, to me, Everett, and I think you'd probably agree, immediately takes them up a tier from like, you know, probably will win their pool just based on experience, might win a bracket game to, uh oh, watch out. They could easily make the final four. And uh, alongside him is all, all sort of the usual suspects. So if you'll have Nikola Jovovich setting, you'll have the three headed monster of Sresko Lisanats, Marko Podrosinin, Petar Kursmanovic in the middles. The only real, uh, a lot of good backup outside hitters as well. You got Nemanja Petric uh, and then Miran Kyunzic and Pavle Peric, who we met during VNL, both really good young prospects. The is opposite Kuyunzic position is the thing, though. Oh yeah, I thought, yeah. They, they're bringing okay. five outside hitters. 
Uh, they're bringing five outside hitters and only one libero, and I really like that move because Kajunzic and Perich both deserve to be there. All right, fair enough. Who's is there any big omissions on this roster of Serbian guys who that we think that that could make an impact? The the big one is Drazen Lubiric. No Drazen Lubiric for Serbia this tournament. He, in my opinion, is their best option and opposite right now. Uh, Alexander Atanasievich is a legend, obviously, and he's on the roster. He's going to be their likely starter. But Lubiric, the last several seasons, has been the better player. And after his season in Russia playing club in Novosibirsk, he's I don't remember what exactly his injury is. Might be a shoulder, um, but he will not. He's not on this roster. He will not be there for World Championships. So it will be Alexander Atanasievich at the opposite, and then their backup will be Dusan Petkovic, which I'm surprised by. That's kind of a waste of a roster spot to me. I would have rather seen uh, Vucicevic there as a backup, or even uh, our guy Melianats, who we met during VNL. I, I don't. I don't expect Pet- Petkovic to get a lot of time, but the key player for. Serbia in this tournament is Alexander Atanasievic. Like, can he be the Atanasievic of old that we saw in like the early part of the 2010s decade? And if he can, Serbia, like they, if Serbia can like ride him to score 25 a game, then they can really do some damage in this tournament. But I'm just not so sure he's that player anymore. No, me neither. I don't know if he's going to be able to go all tournament long. They're going to need need Petkovic to take some swings. Honestly, I could see Petkovic taking taking a lot of minutes in the in the first pool, and then them starting to see see Antonasevich being used a little bit more throughout the rest of the tournament. Huge luxury. That's a great point. That Serbia has a pool that's this easy because it might enable them to rest some of their starters. They've got outside hitter depth. They've got middle blocker depth, and they might not have to play Atanasievich that much during pools to still take first. But again, every set matters in this tournament because of the way that everything is reseeded from 1 to 16. Or other than the host, it'll be seeded from 3 to 16 uh, in the elimination round. So every set that you win and every standings point that you get really helps your seeding. So Serbia has an incredible opportunity in this pool with weaker competition to go three and zero in matches, maybe even nine and zero in sets, and if they can do that, uh, they will almost definitely be the three seed going into the bracket. That's going to be really something to follow along with. Can they do that in a weaker pool, and can they do that without having to play their starters the whole time? Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to see. Do we want to do our predictions pool per pool now, or do we want to keep those to the end? Uh, let's let's do it now. A couple more points about this pool before we do that, though. Uh, you you talked about Puerto Rico because you saw them at Pan Am Cup. They did bring their A team to that event in Canada about two weeks ago. Uh, Kliston Lawrence is the guy to watch. He's he was Absolutely. very very briefly an NCAA kid, but you said that you were really impressed by him on the right side for Puerto Rico. Uh, there's nothing really more to talk about Tunisia. There's not much more to talk about Ukraine, but. The, the best match in this pool for sure is Ukraine versus Serbia, and that's on day one of the entire tournament, or rather day two of the tournament. But it's the first match of the whole pool, and I think it's the best one. And then uh, Serbia Serbia played um, this this kind of warm-up tournament called the Hubert Wagner Invitational or Memorial Tournament. Memorial, yeah. Memorial. It's, it's a tournament that Poland puts on before the World Championships every, every time it happens, or maybe more frequently than that. Uh, Serbia played in the field with Poland, Iran, and Argentina, I think. And Serbia went one and two. Uh, they beat, did they beat? I think they beat Iran in five and lost to Argentina and Poland. So not as good of a showing in the warm-up tournament for Serbia, but they still have the easiest pool by far. Yeah, definitely the easiest pool, and we all expect him expect him to finish first. For me, it's going to be a question of how much, how long of a run can they make. I think they have the potential to making making a long run, but 
ultimately that's going to rest on the shoulders of, of uh, Alexander Antanasievich. So you and I are both in agreement that we think Serbia is going to win this pool. Who do you have yeah. taken second? I've got Ukraine, t- Ukraine taking taking second, Puerto Rico taking third, and Tunisia uh, pulling up the rear. Exactly the same for me, and I yep. just I don't necessarily think that'll be the case for the rest of our picks, but I think this pool is pretty easy. Yep, uh, absolutely. All right, Rob. I think let's let's move on now to Pool B, and Pool B is hands down one of the most interesting pools, especially on the top end, uh, featuring three of the most in, probably interesting teams uh, coming into uh, coming into this tournament. But of course, since one of the teams uh, in this pool is featuring uh, another other than the Caribbean sensations that is Cuba. Uh, and just uh, right now, let's just say this is my dark horse, my dark horse favorite. Um, we got to bring in our best friend, mortal enemy. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, <laughs> that being said, welcome to the show, Mr. Ronnie Cuban Spike. Oh yeah, there he is, Ronnie Cuban Spike. Welcome to the show, my friend. He's been referenced on this show many times. He's a volleyball <laughs> source Discord superstar. He likes to jump in the chat and make fun of us. It is only right that we get him on the show to talk about Cuba. Hey, guys. Uh, first of all, I, I, I want to say a couple of words of kindness. No, I, I would like to thank myself, no, you know, for offering you the opportunity <laughs> to acquire some knowledge about the best national team in the world, which is none other than Cuba national team. And, of course, uh, some personal word now. Uh, thank you, the uh, priest St. Clair, who occasionally preaches the word of the Lord on how great the USA team is. <laughs> and also Everett, because, you know, who doesn't have a great national team but still manages to qualify to World Championship. And now we can start banging this pool, ripping apart, you know, whatever. Ronnie, you're... you're- your Cuban team is going to kick us off with the first match of the tournament against none other than Brazil. Now, if you guys are new to volleyball, you might not know that the rivalry between Brazil and Cuba is real, right? Last time, the last time these two teams played a meaningful match was probably back to the 2010 uh, World Championship Finals. That's the last time that Cuba was really relevant in volleyball. But they're starting to come back a little bit uh, uh, over over a decade later. So, Ronnie. Tell us about this Cuban team coming into the to these World Championships, coming into that first matchup uh, against Brazil on Friday morning. Well, like the great Maybury from Top Gun like to say, it will be a dogfight. You know, it's, uh, uh, this is the worst Brazil we have seen in, like, before the uh, 21st century, I believe. Uh, maybe the 2000 Olympic Games Brazil was more or less the same. Uh, and we are like uh, undefeated so far in this season, you know, like Mickey Mouse team, but it is what it is. 18 and 0 <laughs> is like uh, a good record. Of course, none of those teams are like top 10 uh, right now at the rankings. Uh, the best so far was Turkey and they were like 17. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but the most important thing about these Cuban teams, like they are like. Uh, let's say, um, confident because they qualify already for the VNL next year. And this is a boost of uh, self-confidence that I haven't seen in years. Uh, like you guys remember, we lose dramatically in five sets, the Olympic qualification versus Canada, a match that I, I ended up well. having, yep. having like headaches after that match because it was too late and having 
how uh, had this close the the, the Olympic qualification was like uh, we 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 dream it for a uh, like one hour then you know what happened so uh yeah we are back on BNL that's the first step to qualify for Paris uh this match uh I say that with all the problems Brazil is still the favorite because they are the experience of this situation but uh, this is the first time that Cuba will have at least 10 players uh, come back from the previous World Championship. This is like, let's not say in big or important, but it's something. Uh, you guys know that Cuba struggled since 2001 uh, for having a, a team who lasts like five or six years, maybe. Uh, the silver in 2010, Carlos, by surprise, nobody expected that Cuba won a medal uh, with a, a group who, uh, who averaged like 21 years, uh, maybe. Simon was very young. Leon was like the 16. On the 16. 17, 17. Um, and yeah, well, we, we did a miracle, let's say. Uh, and we are like ready to do it again. Uh, the pool is uh, more harder than 2010. Uh, the first game will be Brazil. Uh, this game will be decided by uh, who is the team which most powerful serve. And I believe that that is us. But also we have the weaker passing uh, line. So, uh, yeah, we are like uh, two two sides of the same coin. Uh, any answer? Any, sorry, um you guys want yeah. to ask? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, let's talk about this roster because the mm. roster that we saw uh, in Gatineau a couple weeks at the Pan Am, mm. Pan Am Cup was 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 this team, but there was a few a few injuries. Let's say first and foremost, Robert Landy Simon was listed as a libero for the most of the tournament. How, what's his status? How's how's he doing? We know it was a bit of a finger injury, a bit bit of a cut in his finger for that one. I I can show you after the the photos. Uh, it was a really nasty nasty uh, cut you know okay. like uh, very not so deep but like he he, he couldn't play so uh okay. yeah he's how's, totally how's he recovered he's totally recovered you know uh training full hard uh, with the with the guys and uh, yeah uh, that's not my concern and also alonso isn't my concern because i believe that concepcion has more tools to uh oh, wait wait, wait, wait sorry What's what's the concern with Alonso? Are, is there going to be a Romeo Alonso because he did he did not play in the finals against Canada at the at the Pan Am Cup? I Will mean, there uh, uh, for the for for those who are uh, players or were players in the past, he has something like uh, Rotulian tendinitis. Uh, it's a it's a minor injury with some uh, and also they they found that he has some calcifications in his knee. And, okay. and that's the worst part because uh, normally you have to undergo a minor surgery to take off those. Uh, but yeah, the the federation didn't want to risk he, his uh, season in Italy. Uh, he will go to strike to P Piacenza to have the recovery there. And uh, yeah, uh, also Car Cardenas uh, had uh, an argument with the coach. Uh, or a stupid coach, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, he uh, he he basically doesn't like the kid. So uh, yeah. And All right. So, he, so he, no. So no. So no. Cardenas for 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 this event on yeah. the left side. Fair, mm, yeah. fair enough. Now 
With, with this roster, as you mentioned, it's the first time that 10-plus players are coming back from, from the 2018. This is a roster, roster that's been growing. Do you think that Miguel Lopez on the left side and and uh, also Medgarejo, do you think that that left side pairing is good enough to take on any other left side pairing from any other team in the world? Uh, Lopez has proven uh, in the last two seasons with Sale Crusado that he is like one of the kind. He's ready. Uh, I'm, ho- uh, I'm glad that Everett was one of the reasons that he got uh, um, famous, let's say, in, let's put it in that way, because he recorded all those uh, North Seca uh, championship videos. God, was and he those... good in that tournament. He was unbelievable. I remember learning about yeah. him from those same yeah, videos. North Seca 2019. And he was opposite. Like, he wasn't playing in his uh, original position, so the, uh, it was impressive. So, uh Thank you, Everett, on behalf of the Cuban community for those uh, highlights. Uh, and yeah, uh, he's ready. I mean, he's the new captain of the team. Uh, huge uh, accomplishment uh, for him. And he won everything with Salo Cusero this season, uh, except the Cups. But he, he won that trophy uh, the previous season, so it doesn't matter. And he proved himself that he can play versus the best team in the World Club Championship. So, uh, uh, I have no doubt that he can be one of those key players alongside, of course, the mighty Simon and uh, Melgarejo. My only doubt with this Cuban team is, of course, the passing and the spike selection of the setter, you know, because uh, the, the, the brain isn't good. It never was good. Maybe in the 90s, we have like one good setter who was Diago. Uh, who who keep in the in the in the top five teams in the world? But besides of that, Yavesuelo was good in 2010, but never was clever like at the level of Christensen or you know the Czech on those guys. So uh, yeah, that's the thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe we will struggle more. I I believe that we will struggle more with Japan than with Brazil because Brazil, you know, is more a physical team. And I doubt, uh, sorry if I'm being so arrogant, but I doubt that if they want to go with the strength, they can beat us. So they, ha- they have to use the, the, the mind, the, the head, you know, the focus to uh, be patient with us because, you know, uh, now Japan is another, uh, another ball game, you know. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Japan. Yeah. We, we, we got to yeah, talk about the I other def- teams in this pool. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 Ronnie, I, I agree with you there. To be honest, I think Brazil, Japan, and Cuba all go two and two and one. I think you're going to see a, a situation where they all beat up on Qatar. Obviously, we don't even really oh, need yeah. to talk 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 about Qatar here. But I, I agree. I honestly think that Cuba is going to be, beat Brazil in in the opening match of this tournament. I think Japan uh, is going to beat Cuba uh, with their speed and, and precision, especially the serving that they showed uh, from the baseline throughout VNL. I think they're going to serve Cuba off the baseline and just put them in a put them in a tough position. Get them off the net, dig them up, make Simone a non-factor. But ultimately, I think Brazil is going to end up beating beating Japan. I think it's going to be a, a three-way beat up between those 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 three teams, um, and it's going to really depend on on those those results. Now, we will be seeing a uh, a. Uh, 
a healthy Ishikawa for for this one, which is yes. absolutely massive, massive, uh, massive for for Japan. And it looks like they've got they got the full team with with Nishida, Sakita, Yamamoto, uh, even our our go uh, or our boy Go Murayama uh, is making the roster for for this one for Japan. But ultimately, we got to talk about Brazil's roster though, because there's oh. a lot of issues here. No Isak Santos. And Lucas Sotkamp, really, really questionable right now. He yeah, has like sure. hopped in and off, on and off the roster a couple times in the last couple of weeks with an ankle injury. So mm-hmm. if Lucao can't be there, then Flavio is their only healthy middle who's ever been there before. And even though they're getting yeah, the absolutely. Back, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I think I think Ronnie said it at the top too that this is the weakest we've ever seen Brazil in a long ever. time. Like, there's ever. massive question marks coming into this one. They had to bring Wallace back uh, on the left side. We've seen Leal and Lucarelli both be very, very, uh, very, very suspect uh, on, on the left. Leal, uh, former Cuban. Just saying. Leal, another, another former former mm. Cuban, uh, of, of course. But Rob, you're right. Missing Lucas down the middle, I think, is the biggest toll because we've seen Bruno and Lucas in that connection for so many years and, and for so much time. He's just been that he's just been that that guiding force in the middle. It's much like when the Lakers had Pau Gasol uh, at the end of the the two thousands, right? He was just Nothing that to do with steady. The fact they look exactly the same. <laughs> everything to do with the fact that they look exactly the same, right? But it, it's 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 true all the same, right? I think that's going to be a, a huge hole right now and. You know, if you look at Brazil, they're starting to flounder for for a little bit. They didn't make the VNL semifinals for the first time since since 2015. They didn't make the the semifinals, at least the semifinals, uh, for the first time in years and years uh, for for the uh, for the Olympic Games. Back they were there at the Olympics and they lost twice in a row and didn't medal. That was the crazy exactly part. right. So this is a Brazilian team that is 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 starting to show some some cracks right and after speaking to some of the guys uh, around the junior team and i mean brazil brazil also no took a hit in the the rankings went from third to fourth because their u21 team went over uh in gatno uh at, at uh, the the pan am cup but speaking to some of the people around that brazilian team there's a lot of worry right now amongst brazilian volleyball fans they don't know who their next setter is and there's a huge huge a lack of set of prospects for, for this Brazilian team. And you know what? It's been five straight finals for the Brazilian, this, this Brazilian team, two semi or two silvers in, in 2018 and 2014, three street goals before that. I think this is going to be the, the first time in a long time that not only, not, not only do we not see Brazil make the finals, but I don't even know if they're going to be in, into the semifinals. And I think that first match against Cuba is going to be very, very indicative of, of how this Brazilian team is going to fare throughout the rest of this tournament. Huge tone setter for sure. And then we've got to talk about Japan a little bit more before we pick our pools and move on because we're already behind schedule as, as we should not be surprised if we bring Ronnie Keevan Spike on the show. <laughs> Japan, Japan, I mean, we talk about Japan a lot. It, one of the most unique style teams in the world. They're going to get just completely outsized and out physical by both Cuba and Brazil. But they're nasty from the service line. They control the ball great. They defend really well. And they run the offense crazy, crazy fast. So I, I'm kind of with Everett on there's really a chance that these that those three top teams beat each other in a triangle because you've got small, lightning fast, smart team in Japan, big, physical, not so mentally experienced team in Cuba, and then Brazil, who's kind of in the middle but is old and is on their on their way in a decline i really think we do we could see a triangle of them beating each other there but actually i'm gonna pick and this might be the hot take of the show brazil i'm i'm gonna pick that brazil won't make it out of pools 
I do mm. not. I do not think that Brazil will make it out of pools. I think that they will lose to both Japan and Cuba. And I, I, they'll obviously beat Qatar, but I'm not sure that that will be enough. That is my hot take of the show. My pick is that Brazil will not make it out of pools. I think that Japan will win this pool. I think that Cuba's going to be. I think that Cuba's going to beat Brazil, but Japan's going to beat Cuba. That style is 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 too different for me. Uh, yeah. I, sorry. Go go ahead, Ron. No. Yeah. I I I'm, I I. I want to keep my feet on on plan air because uh, how uh, as long as I I want to my team uh, uh, go to second round and maybe to the quarterfinals, uh, we don't have like a decent coach. And I mean, you Everett, who see that Simon sometimes was the relevant voice in the in the in the times in the technical times sorry and that's that's very very bad for for a team of professionals with this kind of level you know maybe in those mickey mouse tournament that works now i mean come on so yeah i think cuba will uh, will go to the second round but as uh, third place and uh, if we manage to win two sets of Brazil, maybe, maybe we can do uh, damage in the tiebreak. I don't know, uh, but yeah, I want to keep uh, like come on, uh, slow down, and uh, next year at the BNL, uh, roll with with other other teams, maybe Canada. <laughs> that match will be interesting. So uh, yeah, and for those who are like we are ninety two people, congratulations, guys! This is a record. Ooh, uh, wow. people, great, great viewership on this show. People uh, are saying that what are the chances of someone from Cuba defects in this uh, tournament? They are not going to be any defections because uh, like uh, 12 of these, prof- of these guys are professionals. They have uh, their clubs. Um, on top of that, some of them will fly to their clubs after the World Championship. So uh, yeah, good one, but not, not this time. I yeah, we, it's, it's <laughs> nice. It's really nice to live in a world where we don't have to worry about Cuba so, yeah. needing to defect anymore. Yeah, for yeah. me, Brazil, Japan, and and Cuba. Let's keep it that way, and maybe next year we can dream more. So, uh, yeah, Ronnie, I like how the uh, the 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 uh, the picks that you made for this pool that you've uh, told us now are different than the ones you sent us. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate, I appreciate you scaling it back on the, uh, on, on the acute human enthusiasm. Uh, hey, let's, 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 taking let's, let's, let's slow down. This is my, uh, let's, my, my first time here, maybe not the Your last, debut, but yeah. let's see less. No, because you know, people uh, want to Cuba success. Ah, one, one other thing. Because now Cuba have a decent team. These make uh, things more interesting at, in Norseca. Yeah. USA has no longer to travel to Europe to want uh, to uh, play matches versus Poland or any other big team. You can invite us. Pay everything to us, you know. And, and yeah, but that's can... that, that's what it costs us. It costs our teams less to go oh to Europe goodness. than it does to bring up so, all of Cuba no, and their but... entire federation. I, right. me, I know volleyball just Canada just fitted the bill. I want to see the next uh, next year the Norseca Championship if uh, before the Olympic qualification tournament if USA brings their A squad. I doubt it, but you know there, there is uh, like 
35 uh, point factor in that tournament so if they send a second team they might lose many many points so uh, let, let's see if if we see canada a and usa a there that so is we, a we that will. is a discussion for another time thank uh, you we, for sure we all right Ronnie. The... thank you very much one thing to note here about this pool real quick we are getting some something in the chat uh that's saying nishida was complaining on twitter that he had never felt so tired before and as a result japan had po postponed some of their training schedule so that's that's an interesting note there about uh yuji nishida and the rest of the japanese team all right ronnie thank you very mm -hmm. much for uh spreading the good word of cuban volleyball if you want to catch ronnie uh i'm spreading the good word about more cuban volleyball come join us uh in the discord now guys we are going to be heading on to a pool c and pool c is going to be the home of you know what? What do you guys call yourselves? The, the the free and the brave, the brave and the the brave and the free. <laughs> Regardless, the team that counts in freedom units, USA. That is right. We do count in freedom units, and this is honestly maybe even spicier of a pool than the one we just talked about. It's uh, tied with Pool B for the highest average world ranking, and that's uh, mostly because the number one ranked team in the world in Poland is uh, the number one seed and hosting Pool C. So Pool C going to be played in Katowice. It's got Poland, uh, ranked number one in the world. It's got my beloved United States, who are currently ranked number five, a VNL silver medalist. No big deal, just saying. Then you've got Mexico, ranked 18th in the world, and Bulgaria, ranked 22nd. So interesting pool here, especially because I think Bulgaria is a real wild card. They're ranked 22nd. I, I do really think that they're better than that. And they're definitely going to be better than we saw them at VNL because of two very notable guys coming back. And we'll talk about Bulgaria first before we talk about the other two teams. We finally, Everett, we get the return of Svetan Sokolov for the Bulgarian national team. I am stoked for that. That's absolutely massive. Like, he is still a top three opposite in the world, right? I think he is, he's too. A he's a guy who's been playing at the highest level of club volleyball for a number of years. Now, when he's in form, he's hands down one of the best right sides in the world, right? So not only that, but his, just his calm demeanor and his, his leadership presence, I think, is going to be absolutely huge for this Bulgarian team. We got to see them at VNL. Neither of us thought much of them, but adding Sokolov to this roster changes a lot of things. That does change a lot of things. They also bring Todor Screamoff back, who's an outside hitter who's really been there before and can provide service pressure and reception. And those, I think, were their two really biggest weaknesses at VNL is they couldn't put enough service pressure off teams and they were too prone to getting served off the court themselves and scream off helps in both those areas We've got to talk about the young superstar alex nikolov as well the best 18 year old that you or i have ever seen play volleyball ever he was just insane and then they've got a capable setter in saganoff one really good middle in Grozdanov, and a libero and even off that just kind of gets the job done so it's that that second middle and that i guess kind of setter in libero that aren't totally world-class, but Sokolov and any two of the three outside hitters of Skrimov, Nikolov, and Atanasov, like this Bulgarian team is actually pretty good. And I am way, as an American fan, I am way more scared of them than I am of Mexico. Yeah, I could see that. But to be, to be honest, though, we can't really count Mexico out, right? And I got to see this, this national team uh, in Gatineau, 
and it's a much different look of the Mexican team that we've we've seen from for a long time for about the past decade. Really, they've they've got rid of a lot of their dead weight. They still have setter Pedro Angel, although he wasn't with the team in Gat. No, they run a really really fast offense. They bomb serves from the baseline. They've got good arms on the outside, and they've got dynamic middles that they can move. And they play some of the best defense in the world. They're a very very streaky team. And now I don't think they can really play up to teams like the USA and Poland, but I could 100% see Bulgaria taking them easy in a set or two and Mexico taking a few sets off of them. That's why I'm really iffy about picking this Bulgarian team to move on, mostly because I think they're going to get the shit kicked out of them against USA and Poland. And I think <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Mexico take them to five and Bulgaria winning it in five. And if they do, that's a really, really tough spot spot for, for, for them to be in. I have... A, a very opposite opinion about Bulgaria, but I'll get to that later. Uh, we got to talk about, I, I mean, we don't really need to talk about Mexico much anymore. I don't think they have a chance of making it out of this pool. Uh, no. We'll talk about the United States here briefly. Uh, first and foremost, I'm going to do a full breakdown show about the United States men's team on Thursday. So here on this, on this YouTube channel on Volleyball Source, I'm going to do a show on Thursday talking only about the United States, and hopefully they've named their 14-man roster by then. Uh, right now we know it'll be 16 guys. They've got 16 guys who have been playing some warm-up matches. Uh, they played against Italy in Italy, uh, but now they're in Poland for pool play. Uh, Matt Anderson is back, Everett. That is awesome news. Uh, Taylor Averill is back. Max Holt is not back. So no Max Holt. Uh, John Spraw said in an interview the other day that uh, he Holt is not in the gym this summer and he's very unsure of his future with the national team. Doesn't know if, if he will ever really be back in the mix. But kind of like we said after VNL, the U.S. needs Matt Anderson back. It doesn't really need Max Holt back as much. 100%. We've got great middle blocker options. David Smith has had an amazing summer, and Jeff, either Jeff Jendrick or Taylor Averill, whoever is that second guy, is going to be really, really capable. So the question now for me is, what, what exactly do we do at the wings? Because at the outsides, we've got Aaron Russell, we've got TJ DeFalco. Uh, no Thomas Jeschke on this roster. I just I feel so bad for Thomas Jeske. He's had some of the worst injury luck of any player I've ever seen, but he's hurt again and he's not on the roster. So the other outside hitters will be Garrett Mangatutia, who, despite being amazing in the VNL finals, neither you or I are very high on, and then Cody Kessel and uh, Micah Christensen, obviously, and Josh Tuininga's setting. So how does the USA leverage the versatility of the wings? Because the starters will be Anderson, Aaron Russell, and TJ DeFalco for sure. That's not a question. But exactly how do they move those guys around in every rotation is what's going to be interesting to me. And I'll talk that I'll talk about that more in the show uh, that I'm going to do on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, talking about versatile wings, you got to look at Poland, and that team is just chock full of them. Of course, the two-time defending world world champs, Rob. No Leon for, for Poland in this one. Does it matter that much? Yes, it does. And we talked about it on last week's show. But no matter what, even if you're the two-time reigning world champs, even if you're the number one ranked team in the world, if you lose the best player in the world, it hurts. But like we've also said many times, Poland has the most laughably ridiculous group of outside hitters maybe that I've ever seen. They have probably 10 guys maybe 10 outside hitters who would start on most other national teams. And they're only going to bring four, maybe five to world champs. But other than Camille Semenyuk, who thank goodness is a surefire starter, according to Nikola Gerbic, 
Their second guy, I'm not quite as sure. I don't know if it's going to be Schliefka or Fornal. And we think that Bartosz Kvolek is going to be the fourth guy, and he's really good too. But who is that second outside hitter going to be, and how long will his leash be is a big question for this Polish team. And we know that they're uh, in the middle. They're missing Norbert Huber, uh, torn Achilles with Zaksa, but their starters in Mateusz Biniak and Jakub Kochanowski, just fine. No problems there. Setter, another interesting one. It, uh, we, we saw kind of the, the beginning of the Marcin Janusz era for the Polish national team in VNL. And when Poland got 3-0 destroyed by the United States in the VNL semifinals, Janusz got thoroughly, thoroughly outplayed by Micah Christensen. So that's going to be one to watch, especially with a world-class setter like Gerbich as the Polish coach. And then the liberos as Zatorski and Popivczak, of course. But my question is, you know, they... They have Janusz as their first setter, but instead of bringing Jan Firle, they bring in Gregor Lomatz. I thought that was a that was of all the decisions to make, that was the most questionable decision to make by yeah, Poland. I thought that was Fierle, a weird one. I thought Firle played fantastic in his first stint ever for for the Polish national team, and I think he just brings a lot more to the table than Gregor Lomatz. How do you think Kamil Semeniuk is going to react though? This is his first big time event with the national team, right? He wasn't he wasn't around. Remember. John Sparrow did not know this man's name coming into this year because he's <laughs> never played for the Polish men's national team. One of the biggest, the best things I've ever heard in volleyball, by the way. But so how do you ridiculous. think Kamil Semeniuk is going to do playing for Poland as the guy, right? He like he went in, in a calendar year where he went from being off the roster, not even getting a sniff, to being the guy. And not, not to mention, this is going to be a Polish tournament played in Poland. He's ready. He's ready. He's shown on the club stage that Camille Semenyuk is ready. I have literally no criticisms about his game. None. I mean, maybe he could be five centimeters taller. That's the only thing I could possibly ask of the guy. Uh, he's unbelievable. I have, I have the utmost faith in Camille Semenyuk. My real question is the other outside hitter position, and then it's the team mentality of Poland that is so confusing to me, Everett. We've talked about it a million times. Two-time reigning world champs, number one ranked team in the world. They're, they have one of the best development systems ever. Great domestic league, great players, incredible fan base, playing the tournament at home. They're the betting favorites. Why, after all that, am I still not confident in this team? And it's we've talked about it a bunch. We don't want to spend that much time on it. But there's just something about this mentality of the Polish national team that they just can't get it done in major national team tournaments for some reason. 2018 Worlds was the last time. I mean, they, they lost in the finals of VNL last year. They got destroyed in the semis of VNL this year. They lost that five-setter to France in the Olympics last year. They lost to Slovenia in the semis of European Championships last year. Like, there's something about Poland, and I don't know what it is, but mentally, they just can't quite get over that hurdle and win a tournament as the favorites. And the huge question is, can they do it this time? I mean, hey, they have a great track record at the World Championships. They have an even better track record at the World Championships at home, looking back to, to 2014. <laughs> so point. I think I think this is a team that loves, like, let's, let's be honest. Polish fans are the best fans in the world, and they're going to be playing that final on Polish Polish soil. All their matches are going to be on Polish soil. It's going to be hard to beat Poland in, in, in this one. I, I, think it's, I think they're going to be able to put on a show, and you're going to have to be at your absolute tip-top pest to be able to beat Poland. So what are your picks for this pool? Give them to me. Uh, for, for this pool, uh, it's pretty simple. We've got Poland 1, USA 2, Bulgaria 3, Mexico 4. I'm pretty sure you're going to be in agreement with that one. Actually, no, I'm not. 
I'm going to pick the United States to win this pool. And uh, this, okay, is a hot, okay, okay. this is a hot take, and it's clearly homerism. And it's funny because in most of VNL, I went with the tactic of always picking against the U.S., and it worked. I picked them to go 0-4 the first week. They went 4-0. I picked them to lose every match in the finals. They made it all the way to the gold medal match. But uh, I'm going to reverse that course, and I'm actually going to pick the U.S. to win this pool. But now this is another kind of ridiculous take. Maybe. We'll see. I think this is going to be another three-way tie. I think it's going to be another three, two, and one scenario. I think that the I think that the U.S. is going to beat Bulgaria. I think we're going to lose to Poland. I think that Poland is going to lose to Bulgaria in five. I think that Bulgaria is going to sleepwalk a game, or sorry, Poland is going to sleepwalk a game against Bulgaria. They're going to lose in five, but because Bulgaria's win will be like a worth less points, I still think they're going to take third. But I've got three teams at two and one in this pool. I, I just kind of feel an upset. I kind of feel like a a Polish team that isn't quite ready and Bulgaria with Sokolov kind of jumps on him. So uh, that, and that three-way tiebreaker, I'm going to pick the USA to win the pool despite losing to Poland. I just want Mexico to win a match. I don't care. I I know they won't, but Mexico will not win a match. But I just want them to do it. Well, real quick, what do you think of the uh, omission of former Hawaii uh, opposite Radoslav Parapunov from the Bulgarian national team for this World Championships? I'm a little surprised he wasn't the second opposite. Uh, Denis Karyagin got that spot, but Rado did not have a good VNL. Uh, I didn't think he was that good. He didn't serve well. He didn't block particularly well. And his utility for the World Championships just isn't really there. So I guess I kind of see it, but it is a bummer. All right, fair enough. Poor Rado, not in the not in the roster, but yeah. I mean, we saw him in Ottawa. Not all not all that great. And I I, don't, I, I actually kind of like Karyagin on the right side. I think he's yeah, I think too. he's consistent and, and dependable. So let's move on over to Pool D. Pool yeah. D going down in Ljubljana. Pool D is going to be another similar one to Pool C, where you've got three favorites and 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 Pool B for that matter, but three favorites and you know. Well, thanks for participating. Thank, thanks for participating. So we're not even going to talk about much about Cameroon. Good job. You congratulated your your Africa three. You know the FIVB is going to promote the crap out of them the first couple of days. They do one good thing. They get one big kill, do one of their, their celebrations, and the FIVB is going to go nuts. We're going to love it for a couple of days, but ultimately ultimately take a kooky uh, and move on. Now, the other three teams is going to be very, very, very interesting. Of course, France. France is the hottest team in the world right now. They're the defending Olympic champs, the offend, defending VNL champs. They've got their entire roster back. Even Kevin Tilly, who's back from that injury that we saw in Ottawa at, at VNL. This team is absolutely rolling right now. But it's been a long time for them at the, at the World Championships. It's been since 2002 uh, that they've medaled. And that was their only medal at the World Championships. For a team that has such a long and prestigious volleyball pedigree that really really surprised me and i mean there was many years where they didn't even qualify for it so for this french team i think has a lot to prove because the world championships is typically where france has 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 kind of has kind of struggled of course they're going to be playing in ljubljana uh alongside the the host country in slovenia but i mean this slovenian team is a team that has been in the press recently of course we saw the sacking of Mark Lebedu after a disappointing VNL run, bring in Jorge Cretu, uh, um, most formerly uh, with Zaxa, and it's going to be interesting to see how how they how they change. Now, this is really the last ditch effort for this Slovenian team. You know, 
you you would think that they've have all this world championship 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 experience considered that they finished second at three of the past four European championships, but instead this is only going to be their second showing with their first ever showing at the world championships coming just four years ago uh, in uh, 20, 2018 when they finished 12th. So this is going to be a huge opportunity for, to, for them to really improve that best result by doing it at home, right? They're going to be playing at home in Ljubljana. I do think that they're going to have a good showing. Finally, the third team, third quality team uh, rounding out this pool is going to be Germany. Germany was a very interesting team at VNL, had a great first weekend at uh, in Ottawa, and then crashed and burned and were one of terrible. One of one of the worst teams overall. All of a sudden, they got lucky to beat Canada. Otherwise, they would they you know they would have been sit, sitting even further sitting even further low. But ultimately, I don't really see Germany making that big of a run. They did bring on a few big names. They brought in Shot. They brought in Karlitzek, Sossenheimer, and, and Jakob Guntor in the middle. So you're um, bringing on some. Uh, oh, and, or, and, and, and and of course, Lucas Lucas Kampa as well. So you're bringing in some more quality, but with Shot and Karlicek, are they really adding that much more on top of Maurice Reitzart and and Christian Frome? Debatable. I'm not I honestly, I'm not I might, sure. yeah, I might still start Reichert and Frome like we saw most of VNL. I mean, Linus Weber's back from COVID. That's good. I think Creek and Massa in the middle are still the guys. Uh, Zanger's yeah. awesome at Lib. So I think the only one of those new guys who's likely to start is probably Kampa at setter. And he is an yeah, upgrade. Even, but even that, is he though? I don't know. Yeah, like, I think so. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to see. I haven't really seen him in the past few years setting, right? So Yeah, it's been it, a minute. It's, so. Right? It's, it's been a minute. I think he's a little bit older now. Does he jive with this younger crew, right? I and mean, we know that Jan Zimmerman and, and Linus Weber have – a great connection too, and let's be honest, he's probably going to be be they're probably going to be running quite a bit of the the offense through through Linus Weber right oh, yeah. on, on that right side. So hey, Everett, a quiz question for you: What happened the last time Michal Wieniarski took part in a World Championships tournament in Poland? Uh, he won it as the captain back in 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 2014. So that is fact, he did <laughs> that that is that is one big thing here. You do have Wieniarski uh, coming in big with this roster but i don't know i just don't think i don't see them having the horses i don't see them beating slovenia at home uh i don't see them beating france uh i think this french team honestly is is one of the favorites if not the favorite like you're not telling me that like like if you just look at this roster you put angapeth in any one of those outsides klevno lueti or tilly Cheninyezi, Lagoff, and Lagoff in the middle. Patri on on the right side. Brizard or Tony Uti at lib or at setter, and, and Grib, Grabenikov at lib. Like that's that's a nasty roster. It's all, such a ridiculous all, roster. All France is um, my pick to win the tournament. France is France is my favorite okay. to win the tournament. I think that they have learned the most important skill in all of volleyball and all of sports, and that's the and that's the mental game. There's something about their mental game that they have figured out how to go into a big tournament in several different situations. The Olympics, they were the underdog last year that nobody expected them to win. VNL this year, brand new coach, all the same players. Uh, the spotlight was on them a little bit more. They get in there and they win again. Mm-hmm. They have figured out this mentality with this group that has been together for so, so long, the golden generation of French volleyball. They have figured out the mentality that it takes to accept pressure love pressure and enjoy playing volleyball in those moments anyway and their body language as a team except when Ingaped is either la- especially lazy or hungover other than those times Francis <laughs> lazy body- or hungover <laughs> or both 
uh, other than those times, other than those times, France's body language when when they're feeling themselves is incredibly like infectiously fun to watch, and no other team in the world has figured that out. It's the exact opposite of Poland. It's the exact opposite of Poland's mental game, and hundred percent because of that mentality and the just the ridiculous talent in every position. I think the only way that France loses is if they fall asleep or if Ingapet has a lazy game, the same game that Cleveno has a bad game. That's the only way that they slip up at some point in this tournament. But if Tilly's healthy and he's on the roster, so I think he is, they have Luati also. Like they're stacked on the left side. So yeah. I, I, I really don't see anybody beating this French team. I just don't see I mean it. the the only team that I think that, that truly can go the only teams maybe that can truly go toe to toe with France are going to be Poland. Personally I think Poland is going Poland is my pick to, to win the tournament. Semenyuk is my pick for, for MVP. Um but I think that these two teams can can go can go toe to toe when we are a little deprived of that in VNL, and I really wanted to see them do it. But your USA squad played fantastic in that semifinal and really dominated. Um, but yeah, like let's be honest, like France could 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 run the table very easily, um, but they could also go out the night before and lose in the quarterfinals, <clears throat> European Championships. So we'll have to see. To me, the interesting team to here has to be Slovenia, right? Yeah. We have to see how Slovenia plays now. They're going to be playing at home, so I give them the up against Germany and Cameroon. As you mentioned, Slovenia has eight guys. They have eight guys and a brand new coach. That's so concerning to me. Yeah, it's 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 massively concerning, concerning to me as well. But they're going to be playing at home. I do think that works in France's favor, right? I think they love being the villains. I think they love being the team to kind of ruin a homecoming. And so I think France is. I think France is going to take this pool. Slovenia is going to slot into second. And then Germany's going to slot into third. All of them are going to beat up on on Cameroon, and Germany's going to yeah. be, be end up end up moving on. To me, it's really going to see. It's it's going to be interesting to see how Slovenia does past that. I think getting that that second place spot, they're going to win the round of sixteen game, but it's going to be really like, can they get past the quarterfinal? That's that's going to be the, the big question for me. I agree with you. Uh, my picks for this pool are exactly the same. And uh, yeah, Slovenia will come out in second. They'll get to play a, a bracket match or maybe two at home. Uh, but they just don't have the depth or I, I don't think I see the magic in this particular tournament for them. Yeah, n- no. And also, I think I think there's something to be said about style of play. I think Slovenia matches up really well against a European style of play. I don't think they match up from other regions. I don't think they match up well against a North American, a South American, or or an Asian style of play. Yeah, if they like get if Japan, you, they're going to get smoked. Yeah, if they get Japan, USA, Brazil, Cuba, they're, they're going to get smoked. I'd like to say Canada, but I mean we'll we'll talk about we'll 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 talk about them them in a second here. Um, yeah, and I think that's about it for Pool D, right? Yep, let's move right along. Pool E, like right. Everett mentioned, the Canadian pool. Let's get into it. Yeah, 100%. Now, Rob, when this pool first came out, I will fully admit I was a little bit nervous, right? These are, for a lot of ways, like, like this has one of, like, some of the highest ranking teams across all four teams, right? Even with China being the lowest ranked team, like, at, at 19. That, that's Best four good. seed of any pool by far. Exactly. So you could say that this is this is a pool of death. Death. However, um, we have been getting some information about rosters uh, from both China and, and, and Turkey. First of all, we're going to start with China. And the big one is going to be no Zhang Xuan for this tournament. He wasn't there for VNL. He, he hasn't been around in a while. He's been their guy recently. And I mean, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that 
game that they forfeited against Germany, they would have gone one in what one in eleven uh, at uh, at VNL, only beating yeah. only beating Australia. No, they oh, beat no, Brazil. Sorry. Remember they, 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 that crazy they win did, against Brazil. They did beat Brazil at, at home as well. You are right, but ultimately, I just don't see this Japanese or this Chinese team uh, taking a, a good run at uh, a, a big run at things. Um, but I do think that fight uh, against her, Turkey is going to be interesting. Now, next up, Turkey. Turkey is a team that has been so good the past few years, but just really, really bad in, in, in 2022. They Terrible. did win. They they yeah. lost the uh, the European Gold Cup Finals to Czechia. They lost the Challenger Cup Finals to Cuba. And most recently, while they didn't lose and they still qualified for the end, they lost to Denmark in the European uh, uh, European Championship qualifications. They're going to be losing or missing a few uh, big names most notably F.A. Mandaracha and F.A. Byram. Both of those two would be huge to have for this team, but they're going to be out. And, of course, you have to wonder about Addis Legumji's load management and just the, the amount of swings he's been getting. We've seen him have great beginning of seasons in the past couple of years in the plus or the Superlega uh, in in Italy and just crash after that. So can he handle being Turkey's guy throughout the entirety of the tournament? I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, they're missing three or their four best outside hitters. That's that's a death blow for just about yeah. any team. And and this pool is hard. Like you have no off days. Like because China's good or China's good enough. They're like they're, they're again they're the best four seed in the tournament by far. You can't sleepwalk against Canada. You obviously can't sleepwalk against Italy. I am low on Turkey's chances. I, I think that they probably finished last in this pool. To be honest, well, fair enough. I, I do. Re- think it's they- really just because of the injuries. If they had everybody Punch. that. We know that they dude, can if, have, and if they were healthy, they would be awesome. Dude, if they were healthy, I'd be terrified right now. Oh, yeah. I'd be terrified. As a Canadian fan, I'd be scared. Um, um, I, I'd 100% am scared. Real quick, I do want to address a message that just came up in the chat. You are right. <laughs> uh, Addis Legumgia was there, so full credit to your Danish boys there, Magnus Burr. Don't want to take you guys away, take that away from you guys. I apologize. I did that last week. So I think Denmark full- uh, qualified for Eurovolley, if I'm not mistaken. So good for I, them. I, I think they did. They did too. Uh, and they did it in a gym where a couple Canadians that Canadians have played for the past couple of years. But you're right. I apologize. Full shout out to the Den- Danish boys, and I'm sure we're going to see them uh, at the 2026 World Championships. But so speaking uh, of Canada, Everett, let's let's yes, hear it. Let's speaking hear of it. Canada, we don't want to jump into it too much uh, in this one. I'm hearing some good things coming out of the Canadian camp. I'm hearing some worrying things coming out of the Canadian camp. Most notably, we have to talk about it. Arthur Schwartz coming back. Uh, he is going to to be healthy uh, for Team Canada. And the ice cream man himself, Mr. Stephen Marshall, he got that nickname back at 20 in the 2018 World Championships. He's he, Stephen Marshall at the World Championships is the best version of Stephen Marshall, so I'm really excited about that. Um but of course, there's going to be some injury, injuries to uh, injuries to deal with, most notably to Stephen Marr. We're going to talk about that a little bit on Thursday when we're going to be. Oh no, sorry, Wednesday tomorrow when we're going to be doing the the Canada preview show, much like Rob's going to do the USA preview show on Thursday. The Canadian show is going to be uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. And uh, real quick, how do I feel about Canada versus China? Um, I'm optimistic. Um, Cautiously optimistic. 
for that one. I do think that we match up well against China. Uh, I do think that we can take them, especially adding guys uh, like Stephen Marshall. Like Stephen Marshall is going to solidify the serve receive massively for Canada. And Stephen Marshall is going to be your starting libero. I want to make that super clear. That's been a position with, without of, a doubt. Without, without a, a doubt, that, that's your that's your starting libero. No Blair Band, no Justin Louis. It is Stephen Marshall at libero for the whole tournament. With without a doubt, and then you you've got uh, Arthur Arthur Schwartz. Jackson Howe and Lucas Van Burkle in the middle, but we can we can talk about it about it later. I do think Canada finishes second in this group uh, behind Italy. I think Italy kind of cruises through this group, whether or not yeah. they're going to make a deep run. I, I'm iffy on it. We're going to have to see. Did did Micheletto get enough rest? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Right, this is a, this is an Italian team that has their players have played a lot recently, with guys like Micheletto and Lavia going on on deep runs with Trentino that deep run with the European championships and more, of course, Micheletto turning around and winning a U21 world championship right after that uh, as well with Italy. So this Italian team has been one that is, they're very, very steady, right? Through VNL, they were very, very steady and then just came up short and kind of lackluster uh, in the VNL finals at home, right? So I think this Italian team is going to be very, very good in pool play. Uh, they may just go up th- like three up, three down, right? Like, like just go nine and zero in sets, but past that, I'm going to be very interested to see who they match up with in in the round of 16 and quarterfinals to see if they can make that push into the semifinals. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think Italy cruises through this pool no problem, but I would not really pick them to get to the semis. I think they might get Mm -hmm. to somebody a a little too physical for them along the way. Uh, Yuri Romano is going to be a huge piece for Italy this tournament. Uh, He will be the starting opposite. No Ivan Zaitsev. Uh, Ivan Zaitsev is not on this roster, so you will not see him at all. It'll be Romano, Micheletto, and Lavia at the wings. Like that's that's the guys. That's who we're going to see. I still yeah, think they're sure. a little a little bit weaker in the middle than the elite teams. Like Anzani and Galassi are good, but are they're they solid? But do they yeah. do they match up against like Leguff and, and Chininese? No. no, not really. Um, like do they match up against the American middles of David Smith and 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 Jeff Jendrick, the the Jungle Cat? No, I don't think so either. Right. So like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know really, really where they mac up, but let's be honest. Like, like uh, Italy is a team that is going to get you, like, they're going to force you to initiate rallies and they are the, one of the best teams in transition. Their blocking is, is some, some of the best in the world uh, everywhere. Both Galassi and uh, Anzani are very, very good blockers. And so they're going to serve bombs and then block the crap out of you. And that's Italian volleyball through and through. Uh, a bunch of questions about Canada in the chat. Again, want to reiterate that Everett will do a Canada-specific preview show tomorrow here on the same YouTube channel. But, I mean, th- this has been known information for a long time. No Shawan Vernon-Evans. Shawan Vernon-Evans nope. not in the gym at all this summer. It is questionable at best that we ever see him play for Team Canada again. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, it is. It is. Go past that. Yeah, we don't. We will. We'll talk about that yeah. a little bit in tomorrow's show. That's uh, just a little plug to check out tomorrow's show. But yeah, no, Shawan Vernon Evans uh, on the roster anywhere near. He has not been anywhere near a Team Canada indoor gym all summer, nor has he answered any emails. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about that's that's about it for uh, for Pool E as as we'd say Italy so number got, one. Got, yeah, who's who? Italy number one, Canada number two. I agree with you there. Who do you think gets third? And is that third place team going to make it to the round of 16? 
Uh, I think I think Turkey gets third, but no, I, d- I don't think they, they make it to the round of 16 because I think both of those teams are going to go 0-2 against uh, Italy and Canada, and I think they're going to beat each other up in the, in that place for third, and I think that's ultimately going to be their downfall. I don't th- I don't see either of these teams getting a, th- a clean 3 nothing. First of all, I don't see either of these teams getting a win over Canada or, or Italy, um, and I don't see either of them getting a clean 3 nothing win against the other, which I think is yeah. what you're going to need to be able to move on. Right. If you're not a team, it's a, if you're not a third place team that has two wins, you need to be a third place team that gets a clean 3-0 win and, you know, maybe maybe go to five or, or something else in, in another one of yours. But yeah, I don't see Turkey or China moving on from uh, from Pool E in this one. I've got China getting third and I actually do see them moving on. Uh, I, okay. I I don't see I don't see them beating Canada. I think you're right. It's a good matchup because China is not a good serving team. But uh, look out for Zhang Jingyin. This dude is nasty. Uh, he plays outside hitter. He wears number 22. Watch this guy for China. He's their best player by far, and he has a chance to single handedly beat a team even of Turkey's caliber just by himself. So. Uh, I, I've got China making it out of pools and then getting yeah, destroyed. Yeah, you can say that. That I go add is Lagumji as well, right? So and Lagumji has been there before, uh, so that I think that matchup is actually going to be surprisingly fun on August twenty seventh. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree as well. I think it's going to be a good, good one. All right, so uh, we have one more pool to break down, and uh, no it is it is just my distinct pleasure to finally uh, welcome on another very good friend of the show, another very special guest. Uh, to break down Pool F, it is none other than a woman who was at the Volleyball Nations League for six straight weeks this summer between men's and women's, which is crazy. Uh, so she has seen all these teams up close and personal this summer. I can't wait to hear her thoughts. Miss Key Michael. Key, welcome to the show to break down <laughs> Pool F. What's up? How's it going? Oh my gosh, you guys, I've never been so nervous to be on a podcast in my <laughs> life. At first, I was super excited, and I've been sitting here for the last hour watching you guys talk about everything like the back of your hand, and I'm like, I do not know that much about volleyball. <laughs> no, you guys, come also, on. Also, I'm not going to thank myself as I first get on. Ronnie, that was a classic intro. That was I, incredible. Like, how, do you, how do you even beat that? Like, how... <laughs> We, yeah. we would expect nothing ex- less. Yeah, like you said, I, I went to the VNL. I do commentating for the VNL. Played a lot of volleyball in my day. So I, I'm going to talk to you about my emotions and my feelings more about the yes. stats. Yes, and that's kind of how, how I wanted to tee you up, Key, because uh-huh. you're, you have played a lot of volleyball. In the last couple of years, you've been at a been lot of Olympic huge international too. tournaments. Yeah, you played in the Olympic Games. No big deal. Uh, but you're, no you're big like deal. The, the, way that, the way that you – like process and talk about volleyball is different from Everett and I because we're all, all these analytics nerds. You're kind of like a, a feel or a vibes kind of person, and that's yeah, why it's yeah. cool to have you in the gym at these events, like at VNL finals, to get some of those feelings and to get some of those things from teams that you wouldn't get just watching from afar. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about the teams here in Pool F. Argentina, number seven in the world, reigning Olympic bronze medalists. Okay. Then you've got Iran, eighth in the world. Uh, that's, I think, a little higher than I would rank them if you just like asked my opinion. But they, I mean, they were at the Olympics last year. They had this generation of guys that's now really turning over, and we learned a lot about them at VNL. Then also, it's your podcast, so you can give your opinion literally whenever you want. Right? <laughs> that's a great point. You've also <laughs> got the, the Netherlands. The, yeah, the, the Netherlands are. I mean, we kind of thought Everett, you and I have been calling the, the Netherlands a one-man show for. 
a while now, ever since Namir switched to opposite. But during VNL, they were a little bit better than that. They had a little more support than that. And then, and then there's Egypt. Egypt is the thanks for participating team in this pool. We're not going to talk about them very much. But Iran and the Netherlands both made it to VNL finals, at least the final eight. They both lost in the first round, but pretty good showings from both of them in a, a tournament where I didn't really expect either of them to get to that point. I thought a little better of Argentina, and they didn't get to the finals of VNL. So uh, let's start there, Keith, with Argentina not being in the finals of VNL. Uh, you probably saw them less. Uh, were they in Gdansk in that last week when you were there? Or no, did you get they to see weren't. Them? So I, I've never commentated, commentated, commented or commentated. I always, I'm never sure which one it is, but I've never <laughs> actually seen them live and talked about them with a microphone. Um, I only remember them from the Olympics last year when I was doing a little bit of YouTube content, did a little bit on them. But I, I mean, what I know of them, I know you know, Decheco is a is a magician. I like him not only on the field, but also personally, because he said he wanted to be the first man on the volley bubble. The volley bubble was the, I don't know of what your listeners know about me or my life, but I was doing like a little travel around episode, um, YouTube series, visiting some players. And he, I met him on the A-Space podcast and he was like, I want to be on the volley bubble. I want to be the first man on the volley bubble. So that's our like, our bond there, but I love yet, that. not happened. But I think, yeah, I think he's awesome. Um, Loser is an awesome middle blocker. I think he was the fourth best in the VNL. Um, I know one of your questions on the cheat sheet, guys. Just so you know, there's a cheat sheet. I gave away all of your, all of your, all of the magic of the show by telling the people in the chat that there's hey, a cheat we're, sheet. We're, we're professionals, of course. We're <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed. Otherwise, Ronnie question. would go off the rails and, and wait and waste thirty minutes talking about random Cuban stories. So wait, yeah. he, he, he did do that already a little bit. So. Yeah, well, well, you know, I'm I'm gonna stick to the papers. So one of your questions on there was, "Is loser the best blocker?" Uh, I think you asked in this pool in this at group least for sure. He's he's got to be up there in the tournament, really. He's the dude's awesome. But I mean, are you talking about blocking or middle blocking attacking? Because middle blocker like... position player, and you know a thing or two okay. about playing that position. Yeah, because I feel like it's hard to, and maybe you can tell me where I can find the stats on this. But as a middle attacker you're never going to end up in the you know as one of the top scores in the competition so you get top scores you have top attackers you have best blockers best servers and then like best digger i think or most digs or something at the vnl anyway on the fivb website sorry volleyball world website <laughs> um but losers up there with 26 but then all like it looks like way down there at 11th is jelva from iran but he's only six blocks behind so I don't know what the comparison, I feel like it's quite, looks like it's quite large, but it's actually just a couple of blocks here and there. Yeah, that's close. fair. The, the blocking numbers are, are tricky, but like, uh, funny enough, when I was commentating VNL in Ottawa, I had all four of Argentina's matches that week. So mm -hmm. I saw them a lot and they had, they didn't have Luciano DiCecco. He came back only in week three, like the last yeah. week of the preliminaries and actually almost rescued the tournament for Argentina. They were like a, they were one point away from going to the finals yeah. until they lost to my beloved United States in the fifth set, which was delicious revenge. Anyway, the check by two points, back, right? It wasn't points, like yeah. some crazy. Yeah, it was, I think it was 17 15 in the fifth. Uh, we also didn't see Facundo Conte at all during VNL. And both of those guys, Dicheco and Conte, are back. And that, I think, changes everything for Argentina. So they've got, they've got one of the best setters in the world. They've got Conte. Uh, they've got Bruno Lima on the right. They've got Loser and. 
Uh, I don't know. It depends on who their second middle is. All of them are fine. They've got Denani at Libera, who's great. Second outside hitter is a question for me for them. Uh, I think it's just kind of a style thing in this pool because the rest of this pool key, the, the two teams that you know a lot about, uh, Iran and the Netherlands, are actually a little bit similar in how... Let, let's talk about the Netherlands first because mm-hmm. we, come into VNL, we knew more about the Netherlands. We knew that Namir Abdelaziz has a great case to be the best opposite in the world. We, uh, he was the leading scorer of VNL. He had a great case to be the best player in the tournament. I would probably say that he was. And really, we know that as far as the Netherlands is going to go, Namir is going to be the guy that takes him there. But I was actually a little bit impressed by the pieces on the Netherlands that weren't Namir. Because I, I was either I just didn't know or was so like down on the rest of the Netherlands players that I didn't expect them to go to the playoffs, and they did. So tell me about the Netherlands. Who impressed you other than the superstar that is Namir Abdelaziz? Yeah. Okay. So without even mentioning him, like you said, he's. I I feel like it's a little bit harsh. A lot of people say that it's kind of like a one man team, but the last time I saw them play, they played against in the quarterfinals and they lost 3-1. But I think they kind of used that to their advantage. So everyone was expecting the ball to always go to Namir. And maybe it was just the fact that the other players were scoring when they weren't normally scoring or putting the ball away. It's kind of like the ball goes back and forth a few different times and then they're like they finally just fling it out to Namir and he finishes it. (laughs) But maybe they the other players were putting the ball away more efficiently than usual. Um, But it was actually Twinstra, who had 20 points in that match. So he was the top scorer for the Netherlands. And I I mean, I'm impressed by him because of his youth and his exuberance. He's also just a super nice guy. One of the coolest things about hanging out or like being at the Poland tournament or the Poland uh, leg of VNL was that we were all in the same hotel, all the players of every team and all the commentators, all the refs. And he was someone that stuck out in my mind as someone who every single time he would see us, you know, and they don't have to be nice. They don't have to. He always said hi. So not only is he a great, you know, on the court, but also just seems like a lovely guy. I agree. He did have nine points. Sorry, Robert. He did have nine points in that uh, that first set against Italy, which was the one set that that Mm. Netherlands uh, that Netherlands won. So I remember talking about that on the show. He he does have the ability to pop off, and I mean he did so, uh, especially in the last week of uh, VNL for the Netherlands uh, as well last season. So I mean he does come from a legend, like he does, you know, he's the ilk of a legend, right? So I, I I think he's he he has the ability to be the next one of the big one of the next big Dutch players. Yeah, it's just nice to see one other guy because, like, we'll talk about Iran in a second. If you have a superstar opposite, great, and that guy can score you points in out of system whether or not everyone else in the gym knows the ball is going there and namir is that type of player but it's that just one other scoring presence we actually talk about it in the women's game a lot everett like a paula egonu character isabel hot character a tiana boscovich like character like you can give those people 60 balls a game but the teams that are the best feature like one of those players and then one other scorer and that was kind of benny tweenstra for me for the netherlands men uh this vnl i He had a good season in Turkey, and I really am high on this guy. And I think he controls the ball well enough to be kind of the future of that outside hitter position. So I think the Netherlands are going to be a factor here. But I'm really, really curious to see Netherlands versus Iran head-to-head because I cannot wait to see Namir and Amin Esmail Najad go head-to-head, opposite versus opposite, one-on-one. That is going to be nuts. 
Keith, tell us about this Iranian team who now make up about their fans make up about 80,000 of your Instagram followers. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I literally cannot even be unbiased anymore. Like I see one of your comments nope, or one of the comments. One of the comments in your in the chat was said that I'm an internet celeb. And I don't know if I should just let your listeners know why yes, that is it. funny. Please, I think it's, please tell I the still story. think it's hilarious. So as you know, because you were at the VNL too, we started doing some interviews with the players and we were able to get, you know, our faces in camera as well. You you said you had trouble with that where you were, yeah. but I pushed back and I was like, no, this is, I was made for a team. No, I'm just kidding. But I really <laughs> wanted to be able to use the clips afterwards and just like put them on my socials. So I, um, I was doing that. I was uploading all of the clips that I was taking and I was interviewing like Gabby, you know, Carol, like literally every high name player of both men's and women's. And then we come to Iran and I do one interview with Esfandia from Iran. And I must have said something really awkward. I don't even know. I, I started the interview with something like, wow, you know, because he was really impressive to me. I saw him last year and I remember thinking he was really great, but he had popped off that game. And it was that was the first thing. And the second thing was it was the game after they had just beaten Poland at home. So it was a huge for the Iranian fans and I had no idea that Iran had so many fans first and foremost, but after that interview, that got 4 million with an M views, which is not something I'm used to seeing on my social media at all. I mean, you guys are much more, you know, CEO savvy or SEO savvy than I am, but after that, that, that interview, that kind of number, anytime you get over the million mark in volleyball, like that's big. Yeah, right? this this is this crazy. volleyball that that we're talking about, right? Like like that's that's those are big numbers for anyone, even Eric Soji. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Eric. exactly. Even Tobias Crick. Yes, uh, and um, but yeah. Before so anyway, it was it was wild, and I um, yeah. After that, I got eighty thousand new Instagram followers, and every single day, and I kid you not, to this day, I still get messages in my inbox. Where is Espandiar? Are you going to marry Espandiar? <laughs> wow, Espandiar. Like I could screenshot them you today, like this morning. I'm still getting them. Amazing. So, so anyway, tell, so, tell that's, us so about that's why Serrano it's really hard team. for yeah. me to be unbiased because right. I feel that I'm invested or they invested in me or something. Perfect. Like that. That, that's why you're perfect for this. Tell us about this Iranian team because they're in a turnover period. Everett and I have talked about it. No more Maruf. He's one of the best setters ever. He's retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Syed in the middle. He was maybe, I think, supposed to be the captain of this team and like stepped away from the team late, which was kind of surprising. And then they had a couple guys come in at VNL last year. Uh, my son Salehi comes to mind. He had a good year, but then he got hurt in Poland in club. So he's out. Uh, no Saber Kazemi, I don't think, but they don't need him because they now have this Amin character on the right side. Mm. So this Iranian team, again, for like the second year in a row at VNL was a lot of new faces and they kind of overperformed. They beat Poland, like you said, in that crazy one before losing to them again in five uh, in the playoffs. So tell us about what you saw from Iran. What kind of made them a pleasant surprise this summer so far? Um, okay, so they play with so much energy. They play so hot. Like they come yeah. out there as if they are going to war. And I think they really, I don't know if that's a cultural thing. And I know that some of their fans call them their their soldiers. Um, I genuinely think that they kind of see themselves as going to war when they're out there playing. Um, but obviously, I mean, who, I, I don't know if you guys know this, the reason he's so like brand new on the scene, he was in the army before yes. this, which is why he wasn't part of, any of you know any of their national team stuff um but yeah so he is obviously awesome left-handed opposites um Milad their captain has been stepping up and he's pretty like cool calm he never really shows his emotions on his sleeve the way some of the others do as for example 
he'll get a huge block and he's just like pounding the ground because his energy is just so high. Um, I like Hazratpour, their libero. He, he had one match where he set the middle from kind of like the three meter line and you just, no a, you never see that from a non-setter, oh, let alone I didn't from see like that. That's crazy. A, a I'm trying to remember what side. game it was. It might've been that Poland game or might've been another one. Um, yeah, Hazardpour is a good player. Uh, he's been there for a couple years and uh, is yeah. very good defender receiver. I like that guy. And then I, I mentioned earlier, Jelvo has like just six blocks behind Lozère, so that's a pretty good statistic there. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see. I think Netherlands did play against Iran early on, if my research. Yeah, they, uh, they might have played like in Brazil week one. I don't really yeah. remember the result. And I had a look at the stats, and the result was a 3 0 for the Netherlands. And the reason that I think it was sort of like um, no, Amin and Namir, both sort of like similar in their scoring. Namir had a couple more aces to put himself over, but they're just, Iran at that time hadn't found their, or maybe it was just that match. They didn't have anyone scoring in the outside hitting position. So the next closest scorer behind Amin was, um, I think it was Milad with like five points or six points. Oof, so, yeah, that's you know, and Espanya only got halfway in the set. So it just, they just didn't have that second scoring section of their game so i think when they go when they go obviously those two opposites will go off when they go against each other but i think also if they have a little bit more stability throughout the whole team they'll 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 hold their own a little bit better than they did the last time against netherlands it's a great point and then another thing that's worth pointing out in this pool is at the hubert wagner memorial like we mentioned before this is like a kind of warm-up tournament that poland hosts both argentina and iran were both there and they played one another, and Iran beat them in five. So uh, they, they've seen each other's like real-world yeah. championship-level teams very, very recently. And then you throw the Netherlands in the mix. So uh, my question to both you, Everett, and you, Key, is how do you pick this pool? I think we're probably all in agreement that Egypt is not going to win a match here. But with Iran and the Netherlands as similar in style as they are, and then as different as, the, as Argentina's style is, how do you see this shaking out? Uh, Everett, you go first. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count out Egypt in this one. I know they haven't been around, but this is this is a legitimate team that's been to World Championships that before they've been to 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 other big tournaments. So I, I think this is a team that could surprise someone if someone has an off day. Right? It's not a team. You know, you're, you're not playing Cameroon. No offense to Cameroon here. So you still have to show up, show up against uh, against Egypt, and they're you know they're going to make it. They're going to make it interesting. We're, we're going. Honestly, uh, the Netherlands for me is going to be very, very interesting. If we look back to 2018, you know, everyone thought that there was a team that might struggle to get out of pool. They lost their first game against Canada and won the rest of their games. They went 4-1, topped the pool, beat Italy, beat France uh, b- b- before a big run. But honestly, this this Iranian team is something that's very intriguing to me. Amin is an absolute beast. Monster. and an absolute monster. I think he has the potential to solidify himself as one of the best opposites not like just in the game period uh if he has another performance like he did in the vnl uh in this world championships and on the argentina th- side of things they do get Fukudo conte back but from what i'm hearing it hasn't been so great so far and they did lose ezekiel palacios on the left side so heard about it's, that. Yeah. it's, it's going to be three it's going to be three interesting 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 matchups and egypt's there to just make make things uh uh makes things make things hard make things hard right so pick um, it everett do it let, let let me just pull up my <laughs> pull up my my picks my picks from before uh i've got iran coming in at one 
Netherlands coming in at two and Argentina coming in at three, although all three of them would be moving on. Okay. Uh, Key, do you have a pick of how this pool is going to finish out? Who's, who's going to win and uh, how many teams are going to make it out of this pool? I don't, like I said, I don't know much about Egypt at all. I do know that they, in the history, Argentina, they've never beaten Argentina. They've never beaten um, the Netherlands, but they have beaten Iran twice. One of them being in the world cup in 2019. So yeah, they might, that was, that was pre Amin days. So totally different team. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think that they'll get out of, um, I think they'll finish fourth. I think that uh, I think Netherlands will finish third just because if if there's not having a great day, there's I, I like the guys. I think they're, you know, lovely humans. <laughs> I, I hate this part. I hate picking who's going to win or lose. Um, but yeah, I think they'll finish third. I think Argentina will now that they have Dicheco and um, yeah, they'll be riding their sort of Olympic bronze medal glory days and they'll finish second and Iran I gotta give it to Rod I, you know I can't go to anyone okay. else otherwise it will boot me off of the internet yeah they're good they're gonna come after you on Instagram yeah uh, I, I'm gonna pick I'm, I'm gonna pivot with what I wrote down because I've been thinking about this more and I'm gonna pick Argentina to win the pool uh, I, I do have faith in them uh, I, I have faith in their ability to control the ball I think they've got significantly better ball control skill than Iran and the Netherlands and I think they're significantly better in the middle than both Iran and the Netherlands they don't have the opposite I mean Bruno Lima's good he's not nearly Amin or Namir levels uh, but I've got Argentina they've also got the best setter by a mile so uh, I've got Argentina one Iran two Netherlands three and I've got all three of them making it out of the pool fair enough well all right all then. right there you go that- that's that's it for our pools, but the show's not quite over yet. So we've only got one thing left to do, and we've got a couple like tournament wide picks that we want to make with both Everett and Key still on the show. Um, we are gonna go. Th- let's, let's just do this rapid fire. Go around really fast. Everyone's pick first. Who's gonna win the tournament? Everett, you first. Poland. Key. Who's gonna win men's world championships? Uh, USA. Yes, great pick. Uh, I've I've got France, but my heart obviously wants to pick the USA. Okay, who is a dark horse team? A team that's seated, I don't know, second, third, maybe even fourth that you think might make a little bit of a run. Everett, you first. Cuba. Hands down Cuba. One of the most powerful teams uh, in the world. No one has any film on them. I think Lopez is an absolute stud. Simone is an all-time great. Malgarejo is severely underrated. And Jesus Herrera is going to be a monster on the right side. Cuba is going to surprise some teams. Okay. Key, uh, a breakout team that not many people are expecting, maybe. Um... I have no idea. I'm looking at the, the, the other pools. Maybe I just don't know enough about the other pools, honestly, to to make that call. So skip skip me on this. Okay, fair enough. Uh, my pick is Bulgaria. Uh, I've got Bulgaria even in the U.S.'s pool. Uh, getting I can't overstate how big it is to get Sveton Sokolov back. Uh, I think he is a monster. I think Skrimov, Nikolov are ridiculous. I think they're going to... Like I said, I'm going to predict them to beat Poland in five in their pool, and I think that they're going to be able to get out and maybe win a bracket game. So Bulgaria is my pick for a dark horse. How about a uh, very much the opposite of that, a likely disappointment of a good team or a revered team or like a highly ranked team that you don't think is going to do that well, like either not make it out of pools or lose in the first round, uh, likely disappointment, uh, Everett, go first. 
Well, I think Brazil. Uh, I think Brazil, like we, we talked about it, they've got five straight finals here at the World Championships. It's been since like 1995 that they didn't make into the, the semifinals. Sorry, maybe 96. But it's. I think we're, we're really seeing the decline of Brazilian men's volleyball right now from being the ultimate superpower that right. we've seen, right? Five, five straight finals, three straight gold medals, two straight silvers. I don't even think they make the semifinals in this one. Key uh, potentially disappointing team to look out for this this uh, world champs. Maybe France. I know that's oh, I, I know that's kind of controversial. Okay. But I love this take. This is I, an awesome. Take. <laughs> no, because they. I know they come in clutch and they're really good at doing that. But I just remember from Vienna last year that they they kind of like they can they can turn it on or they can just not. And I think if they catch a day where they're not turning it on for whatever reason, they, yeah, might. I think they also, they're, they're so confident. They're a little bit overconfident, a little bit cocky on the, on, at times. Um, you know, I don't know if you got, you guys obviously saw their intros at, at the NL finals. <laughs> Loved it. Loved which, it. which I, I love that too. And I think they bring so much energy and their characters, you know, and I think volleyball really needs that. But I also think everyone's going for them. They've kind of got like a, a bullseye on their back so yeah. okay that's show up every day that's a, that's I, a honestly let's, let's let's be honest it all depends on what france did the night before right yeah, yeah. like, like, like it, all, it, it all depends on who they play in the quarterfinals or like the round of 16 in the quarterfinals and and what they're doing the night before you know maybe maybe um uh gianni will step in and have have something to say about that but yeah it all depends on what france does the night before my, By the way, Johnny, uh, lovely guy. Every time I had to do those mid-game interviews with coaches, there were some coaches that were very much like, do not talk to me right now. But Johnny, every single time was like, I'm coming. I'm coming over. Also, John Spraw was awesome for those. But Johnny's the yeah. man. We got to talk to him a bunch in Ottawa. He's just the coolest yeah. dude ever. Yeah. Uh, my my likely disappointment is also Brazil. Uh, I'm with Everett on that one. I, I Early in the show, I picked them to not make it out of pools. Uh, they have been ranked number one in the world for 20 straight years up until earlier this summer. Now they've slipped all the way to fourth, and I do not see them in the top four of this tournament. Uh, how about... A- oh, wait, wait. Okay. I thought of my dark horse from oh, earlier. Yeah? Let's Can it. I say Slovenia, even though I feel like they're not, yes. they're not underrated? That's a I good feel pick. like they're maybe like averagely rated, but I think that they could be sneaky good. If, you, if you, you think, think, their highest world championship finishes 12th. You think that late, uh, that late yeah. coaching change uh, might actually be a good thing, perhaps? I won't go that far because Mark, <laughs> is my, he's my boy. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just I put I put my money on Rock Lobster uh, any any day. I, oh, By the way, do, I also we, on we air like started rock singing Rock Lobster, so that's why he in my head is <laughs> Rock Lobster. Exactly. We do love the Rock on the show. I may not. I may use that from now on. He's Please like, do. Rock, I keep every time lobster. I think of it, I think of the emoji with the. Oh, okay. The two hands. What? What's yeah. the? Where does the name come from, though? Who? Who? Who started that? Rock Lobster rock. is a song. It's, it's a it's, song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, Have you heard of the song? song? It's like a no, classic. Yeah, we'll we'll get Everett on that later on. Uh, it did, how about, too young. It didn't come out in Canada. What? Well, I'm, I'm older than the Rock. <laughs> it's from what like the seventies or something. What are you? What are you, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm too. I'm too young. I'm older than Rob. Jeez, Rob. Rob's still twenty, in his twenties. 
Also, yeah. it was, I think it was you guys, by the way, I have to give credit that um, I started calling Michieletto the unicorn. And I think it was because. Oh, of- yeah, that, that was Dan. That, that was, that, that, yeah, that was, that, that was, was definitely our, us. Our boy that, Dan that was like. Back in 2018, uh, I was doing posts like I was writing out uh, articles, and I was I was calling uh, Steve Marshall the ice cream man because he was just scooping everything in 2018, and and Louis Let Louis Let stole it from the R volleyball post that I was doing and use it in the broadcast. And at first I was upset, but then I met Louis Let, and he's an absolute beauty, so I could never be mad at him. <laughs> you gotta give credit. You gotta give credit. Yeah, amazing. All right, also, give me. Also, anyone uh, else who's listening, sorry, um, I just got to give credit again. Is that during the VNL last year, I was using that Discord and talking to you guys. Anytime oh, yeah. I had a question about anything, I was making sure I, that's that was like my first point of contact. Like, ask these guys what I need to know because you guys yeah. are legitimately the best volleyball knowledge database. And well, we we won't we won't. I mean, we're not going to lie here. We get a lot of our inside knowledge straight from Discord too. I mean, Everett and I know we 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 know a thing or two, but we we have a, a community of 700 worldwide people to lean upon for information. So if you didn't hear us before, plug the Volleyball Source Discord. You've got to join that thing. It's the links in the description. Uh, you've got to join that to follow along with World Championships. It is the best resource ever. Ooh, Everett, look, we've got a spam bot in the chat. I'm honest. That's the second, second time. Dude, that means amazing. we're. Actually- enough views right yeah, now we've got, a, we've got enough we've got enough viewers to be getting spammed in the youtube chat this is amazing alex perez <laughs> does not like my hot take of france i alex, love come on, he, i love that take you need to stand by that i think it's awesome all right we gotta <laughs> we, got, we gotta wrap up the show a couple more things give me a potential breakout player a player i mean vnl is kind of more for breakout players we learn about players but give me a player not maybe in the top 10 of his position in the world perception wise that you think is going to have a huge tournament uh, Everett, go first i if, please please say the one that you listed in the document please oh i'm going to i'm going to hey you've been a homer already for the usa key is now officially iranian the passports coming in the mail she's been a homer for them <laughs> and now i've got to i've got to rep my my canada because you know i i didn't do that i didn't pick them to win the pool but i honestly truly think that this is going to be a breakout performance for eric lefke if you're Canadian, of course, he does. you don't need any introduction. If you're American, you probably already know who he is because his Trinity Western and Spartans love to thrash any NCAA team that comes their way. But truly, I think that this is going to be a big breakout tournament for Eric Lepke for Team Canada. He's yet to have that event that he's truly broken out with while wearing the Maple Leaf with the senior team. You know, we've seen him sparingly both at the VNL last year and, of course, at, at, at this VNL where he, he came in late after the birth of his son. But I truly expect him. Everything I'm hearing, too, from the Canada gym when I was in Gatineau talking to the guys is that Lepke is on his form and, and he's ready to go. And I think he's going to make a name for himself, especially if a few of the injuries for for Canada are actually happening. He's going to need to shoulder a big load for Canada. And I think he can, I think it's time and I think he can handle it. Okay, key a potential breakout player. Oh man, okay. I don't know if this is breakout per se, but I watched. Do you know Fornal from Poland? Yeah, that's a good pick. Okay, good he. Pick. There was one match. I forget who they were t- playing. I think they were playing China, and China was like about to take a set, and they put him in to serve in the last points, and he got four aces in yeah. a row. So. I remember that match legitimately i've never seen anything like it. i wasn't commentating that match i was literally sitting right behind him and i watched him just go back and pound and pound and pound again so i i mean that sounded really weird as i said that out loud but i i liked <laughs> I, I like his uh like his style of play and his hair as well. it, it yeah. wasn't great, weird great until hair. you pointed out how weird how, how weird, weird, it, how weird <laughs> it was eh? 
You could, we could awesome. get, Sorry, we you guys wouldn't believe how many things come out while you're commentating. I mean, you guys, uh, know, but I mean, the people yeah, who volleyball, volleyball is and when you have a co-coms, Yeah, when you have a co-coms with you, it's just like all you can do not to laugh because both of you are just like. Yeah, yeah, we're, uh, yeah. We're, we're familiar with that problem, even on this show. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think Fornal's a good pick. I, I go back to when we were in Ottawa. He had a match where he missed eight out of the 11 serves that he attempted. He only made three of his 11 serves, not aces. He like put them in the court only three out of 11 times, and then he rebounded with that ace that, that won the first set against China, ended up winning in the match. It was, it was ridiculous. Uh, my pick for breakout player is Jesus Herrera, uh, the lefty from Cuba on the right side. Nobody knows about this guy yet. He's going to go play. He's going to go be the backup opposite at Perugia this year. I there's a great chance that by the end of the year he's starting over Camille Rikliski. This guy is that Whoa. level. Whoa. Uh, yeah, you heard me. I, I think there's a great chance that by the end of the club season he's starting over Camille Rikliski, and it starts right here at World Championships. He is going to be the the piece for Cuba that they really need. He he needs to be their second leading scorer. It can be Lopez or Mergareco on the left. Herrera's got to be their second leading scorer. He's got to do or damage third. serving, and I think that he will. Or third, because I really second. think that much, no, but much like Lube, if Cuba is going to be successful, I think they need Simone to be going off in the middle, right? And like, let's be honest, like Simone was one of the top scorers for Lube this year. I think you're going to see that as well for, for Cuba. For the baseline, from the blocking, from from anything out of system, you're going to go to to Simone. But I think Lopez, Simone, Herrera will be in that 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 the same grouping, the same area. I do have a problem with you saying that he'll be ahead of uh, Camille Richlicky. Yes, offensively, he brings much more to the table than Richlicky. However, he does not have the complete game that Richlicky does. And I think Richlicky brings a lot of tangibles, but that'll be a conversation for when we preview the uh, Super Lega season. Yes, it will. Last but not least, potential most valuable player picks. Like, it, even better if you pick a, a guy from a team, from the team that you did not pick to win the tournament. Uh, Everett, your mm -hmm. potential MVP. Um, I mean, I am picking the guy from a team that I uh, I picked, and I'm going with Camille Semenyuk. You know what? We've seen it time and time again. We saw it. He was the MVP for Zaxa uh, this year, the Champions League Finals. This dude is the truth. Um, and I think this is this is a guy that he he's going to bounce back nicely and and win it for for Poland. Um, you know, we know that Kurek can go off, but everyone knows Kurek can go off. He was the MVP back in 20, 2018. I really think that Kamil Semenyuk is, is going to be the guy for Poland this time around. Mostly mostly because I think that Poland is going to share share the wealth, right? Kurek isn't going isn't to get the amount of volume that he was back in 2018. And I think that across all all aspects of play, you know, from baseline, from serve receive to blocking and, of course, attacking, I think Semenyuk is going to be the guy for Poland. Key your potential MVP for men's world champs. Hmm. Yeah, that's tough because it has to. They, it always comes from the winning team. So, right. but I don't. I don't know if it's anyone from USA. I kind of want to pick Amin just because I really like the way he plays. I know he's an opposite. I, don't, <laughs> I know. Sorry, that's kind of I like. No, I like it a, though. I like it. I love but it. let's say let's say they end up in the final match and. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works out with the pools. I don't know if they could be against USA, but no, I think uh, I like his style. I like that he's kind of totally unknown except for this year. He, you, you guys, once you see him play live, I think, I don't know if you have, but he's no, just... we didn't get to see him in Ottawa. I was bummed. Unfortunately, yeah, he, he... he's, he's the truth. I, I know he's just so <laughs> crazy, crazy physical. I, I'm I, he's, 
got quickly, quickly like rising up our personal lists of top opposites in the world. And that that's that's mm. a tough list to break into. So I, yeah. I, I like that pick. My MVP pick is Jean Patry. It is about time that for a tournament that France wins, that Jean Patry gets the credit that he deserves. He should have been the MVP of the Olympics. He was better than Irvin Ingepet at those Olympics. He, I think he made like three errors total in three elimination matches in the Olympics. And he was unbelievable during VNL this year, which they also won. Jean Patry does not get nearly the credit he deserves because he's not quite as flashy as an Amin or a Namir at opposite but he's every bit as reliable. And if France wins this tournament, I want Patry to get the credit he deserves. So he's my pick for MVP. But you, you hit the nail on the head there. The reason that he doesn't get the credit is because he doesn't, he, he's like emotionless when he scores. And I remember Don't thinking love. this because I interviewed him after one game and he was exactly the same off the court as he got, was off the court. Like he could have just won the, the, the winning point and you just wouldn't even see it on his face. Same thing when he's having a conversation with you. He's like, a blank face you know not in necessarily in a positive or negative way but he just he gives you nothing and then you've got someone like um Engapath who's quite full the opposite. emotion <laughs> full fire and he's just he's hyping the crowd up and that's what volleyball world like they love that we need so yeah i want patry to get the credit he deserves so if france wins i want him to be the mvp so ladies and gentlemen i think that's it i think that's our show that was all going on an hour and 45 minutes of straight world championships conversations. I think that's probably enough. <laughs> uh, Sorry, a lot t- of that was my rambling. Apologies. Nope. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll blame Ronnie. We'll put all the blame on yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, Ron, yeah. Ronnie, yeah. Ronnie definitely gets all the, all the blame for, for this one. Also, it's a good thing we didn't talk about USA or Canada that much because right. if oh, we man. had talked about those, those ones, mm-hmm. it, 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 it would have been a long show. I mean, we already broke records. This is hands out the longest nine by nine show we've had. It's also the most view viewers we've had with a highest peak concurrent 120 rob 120 Woo! is the highest peak concurrent the number of boys over 752 people tuning in um when we think about back in april we had certain shows that didn't even get 250 views that's pretty damn good yep i'm very pleased and it's only the beginning so before we wrap up i want to put this on the screen one more time this is the content schedule that we have here on this youtube channel and just the whole volleyball source network for men's world championships uh and then not including the show that everett will do tomorrow only about canada and the show that i will do on thursday only about the usa and then we jump right into the tournament friday morning men's world championship starts volleyball world tv for all the matches and right here on the volleyball source youtube channel for all of the midpoint various shows along the way uh, and then, of course, the show Sunday, September 11th, after the medal matches are over. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Volleyball Source. All sorts of stuff going up the, the entire time. Volleyball Source CA is .ca is the website. Uh, also, check me out on Instagram. I'm at rstclair1. And check Key Michael out on Instagram at vb underscore ci. She is awesome, and I'm sure you'll be posting stuff for World Champs, too. So... I think we did it, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's I think that's a show. Keith, thank you so much for hopping on, and huge thanks, thanks to Ronnie Cuban Spike as well. Yes, Keith, always welcome here on the Nine by Nine. Always welcome on on the Volleyball Source Network, and uh, let's have you on uh, on some more and show uh, maybe Volleyball Worldwide. Maybe we should be a part of the uh, the coverage. I, you guys definitely should. I I get sweaty and nervous when I have to talk about volleyball. I wrote all of my notes down like chicken scratch here, as you can see, but. You guys did. You guys do it naturally, so absolutely, you should be part of. 
No, you should you think. should definitely be a part of the 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 foot the uh, the coverage. If you guys haven't checked out uh, the volleyball, bowl, what was the what was the the uh, original one that that you did too, where you would go to cities and and visit players in the city? Was that the volleyball? Bowl? Yeah, yeah, that was the volleyball. Okay, bowl. that was that was uh, in 2020 sorry, I during it was... lockdown. I thought it was YouTube it was channel. named. I thought it was named something else, but I loved watching those. I, I, I did you actually them watch them? Yes, absolutely, I did. Get out of town! Like any Thanks. any volleyball coverage out there on the internet, I'll I'll check it out at least once, oh, yeah. and if it's good, I'll check it out more than that. Oh, awesome! Great. Well said. Well, boys and girls, thanks for watching. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow if you want to hear about Canada. We'll see you Thursday if you want to hear about the U.S. We'll see you Sunday on our Midpoint show here on the YouTube channel. And we will see you in the Volleyball Source Discord the entire time. Happy World Championships, everybody. We'll see you next time.